Welcome back to today's episode of Deeper Life. Listen and be blessed. Father, we worship you tonight. The glory and the lifter of our head. You're the savior of the world. Mighty God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Thank you that you make a way where there seems to be no way. In your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. O rabahando robo sharabahanda rakabasa taraba. Hallelujah. Come on just open your mouth and worship him. Hallelujah. Rebalahando robo riararabahakaso torokorobororobondorobo. Rebarabaramaramaramasharabararabandarabararaba. O remanamanamashatararararabasataraba. Father, we worship you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, we give you glory tonight, Lord. We thank you for your presence. The mighty presence of the Holy Spirit that changes us, transforms us, liberates us, restores us. And we pray that, Lord, these would be days that we'd be drawn to your presence. Hallelujah, we worship you, worship you, worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. Simply worship you tonight because of who you are. We are, we are where we are. And we thank you, Lord, that everything changes in our lives when we walk with you. Everything changes in our lives when we simply walk with you. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to just encourage you tonight that these are days that God is drawing his people unto himself. These are days that God wants us to experience his power and his glory. These are days God wants us to be under, you know, this, this cloud of glory that we see in the book of Exodus that was over the children of Israel, a promise that God was with them. To us under the new covenant, this cloud of glory is the presence of God. It's the precious presence of the Holy Spirit with us. These are days that God is drawing his people to walk with him. You know, one of the things about, you know, the understanding the anointing and the presence of God is when God, the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we are anointed by God. Without the anointing, we can't, um, you know, we can't do the things that God has called us to do. The anointing. Uh, you know, all of us know it means to be separated. We are separated unto God. And, uh, you know, God said to Moses, you need to anoint all the vessels uh, in the tabernacle. God said to Moses, you need to anoint Aaron and his sons and Aaron's garments. Uh, the reason God anoints us is because he wants to use us. You know, the anointing is about of becoming use to God. Uh, 1 John 2, 20, that anointing. Uh, you know all things because of the anointing. 1 John 2, 27, you abide in him. He teaches you. Uh, in Acts 10, 38, 
Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the enemy because God anointed him. Uh, Isaiah 10, 27, you know, the Bible says, uh, the anointing breaks the yoke, you know, it, it, it turns us around it, for us to do something, you know. Uh, Isaiah 60, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, open the prison door, set the captive free, heal the brokenhearted, proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So the anointing is about doing something. But what will, what will keep you in the place that God wants you to be is the presence of God. You know, that's why it's very important that we spend time with God. That's why it's very important that we, we um, you know, give ourselves to God. Paul writes in, uh, you know, in, in Romans 12, he says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you lay your life as a living um, sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Uh, Jesus writes in John 12, he goes on to say from 24, unless a corn of wheat falls on the ground and dies, it remains alone. There's a point in our life where God wants us to die uh, to ourselves. You know, even we can be in the ministry where, you know, God can be doing great and wonderful things because of his anointing upon our lives. And that anointing will help us to do wonderful things for God. You know, we can travel, we can preach, we can be in different churches, we can minister, we can, uh, you know, do all kinds of things. But what will keep us with God is the presence of God. And that's what was very vital for, um, uh, you know, David. David was anointed by Samuel, anointed to be king. Uh, he he uh, stepped into that position because of the anointing. He was given that position by God. Um, First in the spiritual, then it was manifest in the natural. That's how it happens with all of us. When God anoints us, he, he releases us into something and then it manifests over our lives. And, um, but what, what was so glorious about the life of David was, you know, um, he had a very deep encounter with God. He had a very deep walk with God. And uh, that's what I want to quickly say with you tonight that, this deep moment with God that you spend, these deep uh, moments with God, you know, it's, it's amazing that if you look through the Bible, you see men and women, Moses, uh, for example, uh, you know, um, anointed by God to, to draw people out of, the, uh, out of years of bondage and, uh, uh, you know, has an encounter with God uh, and God, um, you know, uh, reveals his power to him, sends him, manifests his power through his life. And uh, that, uh, that anointing by which God anointed him, helped him to release the people out of bondage and all that. But the man, the man longed for the presence of God. The man often went to the tabernacle of meeting because he wanted to meet with God face to face. You know, he was speaking to God all the time. Uh, you know, even even after years of seeing the power and the glory and the miracles of God, yet the man tells God, God, show me your glory. He says, Lord, reveal to me your glory. I want to know what it is to be under your presence. I want to know what it is to be with you. I want to know what it is to, to come to that deep. That's why the Bible says in, in Psalms 42 and verse 7, you know, the Bible says, deep calls unto deep. In, in Psalms 8 and verse 4, David says, Lord, you, you visit me. 
You know, what is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? You know, uh, that, that, that moment with God where you're so deep with him in his presence. Because his presence does something to you. If you walk, look at the life of Jesus, you know, Jesus went about doing good. Jesus was healing the sick. Jesus was setting the, the captive free, opening the prison door. Uh, the bound was uh, set free. You know, demons were set free. People, you know, demons left people. Uh, sicknesses left people. Uh, you know, circumstances uh, changed in the lives of people. You know, such a power of God was upon him. See, the power of God will always cause you to do something for God. But there's one thing if you watch the life of Jesus, the Bible says he often withdrew to the mountains to pray. What did he personally want? He wanted moments with the Father in a personal level. You see, in the public level, he was doing great things for God. Even us in our, in our lives, you know, um, the ministry is that God gives you, uh, the preaching that you do, the, the things that you do, they are public, they are for everybody. But where are you with God in a personal level? Where are you with God in your personal life? How is your personal walk with God? That's very, very important because, you know, that is what will keep you with the grace that is over your life to do the things that God has called you to do. If you look at many men and women of God, they come to a particular level in the ministry and then sometimes everything becomes stagnant. But if you see, you know, I remember... Uh, you know, uh, DGS Dhanakaran in, in India, you know, uh, the, the later part of his life, everything was about the presence of God. He often talked about the presence of God. He often spent hours in the presence of God. He often sat with God. He often spent time with God. Why? Because the, the ministry was great. You know, Jesus calls became a great ministry. It was reaching out to thousands upon thousands upon thousands. But those thousands did not satisfy him. As a man who could impact, impact thousands of lives, his personal time with God was so vital in his life. Jesus, the Bible says, often withdrew to the mountains to pray. So these are days, you know, that the Spirit of God is drawing us to that place of a deep intimacy with God. Why? Because in that place of a deep intimacy with God is where you, as an individual person, irrespective of all the ministry you do, irrespective of all the, all the work you do, irrespective of all the things you do outside, it is with him that you walk in personal freedom and liberty. Let me just explain to you familiar scripture, Second um, Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, Paul writes, now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. First thing that happens to you is, you know, in that deep moment with God, with the Holy Spirit, you begin to, the, the, the most vital thing that happens to your life is you are liberated in your soul, in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart. You are free. 
God wants us to be free, deep on the inside, over and above all the things that we do for him. Are you with me? We can be the greatest of evangelists. We can be the greatest of, 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 of people doing great things for God. But that's the doing part. But this freedom, freedom to be uh, the person that God wants you to be character-wise is because you are in that deep place of walking with God. Now, what will those deep place of walking with God do? It will liberate you. True freedom comes in that place. That's why Paul writes it. And then he goes on to say, uh, but we all with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. See, we, what, what happens in the deepest moments with God is you behold the glory of God. You see that Moses is asking, Lord, show me your glory. Why is he asking? Because he wants to, to behold the glory of God. John writes about it. John 1, 14 uh, you know, he says, we beheld his glory. What was it? He walked with Jesus. Everybody saw Jesus. Everybody uh, saw Jesus as a mighty man. But he says, we, we saw more than a man. We saw the glory of God. Are you with me? He said, we saw, we experienced the glory of God. I want to ask you tonight, do you experience the glory of God in your life? It's beyond your head. It gets in. It's not something that you think about. It's something that you begin to experience in the depths of your being. And then Paul says, we see that glory. It's a revelation. And then we are changed into that glory. We, we move into that place of glory. Peter was under that glory that when he walked by, People were set free. People are healed. You know, sometimes what is amazing about the glory of God is when you come into a room, that atmosphere changes. When you come into a place, the atmosphere changes. Why? Not, not, because, not because of what you're about to do, but because of what you carry over your life. Carry over your life. Let me say to you, this liberty that I'm talking about is true liberty. See, if you read um, Exodus chapter uh, 14, uh, you know, you remember about the glory of God. Uh, the glory of God talks about is the presence of God, right? And, uh, uh, you know, uh, Exodus 13 verse 21, uh, where, you know, uh, God explains about and the Bible says, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and night. This pillar of cloud and this pillar of fire was the Lord. The Bible says the Lord went before them as a pillar of fire, as a cloud of glory. This cloud of glory is, is who he is. Is, is about his presence, is about deep moments with him. Are you with me? It's spending deep time with God. And then I want you to understand what 
one thing, you know, there are a lot of things about the glory of God we can speak, but tonight I want to just, uh, just, just want to, uh, to, to talk about this one thing. In Exodus 14, the Bible says in verse 19, and the angel of God went from before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before uh, them and stood between them, and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus, it was a cloud of darkness to one and it gave light by night to the other so that the one did not come near the other all the night. Now, let me, let me read it to you one more time. Verse 20, the Bible says, and it came. What came? The glory, the presence of God came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Are you with me? What does the glory of the Lord do? It comes between the camp of your past and the camp of God's future for you. Are you with me? There's a lot of things about your life that God wants to do in your future. And the Lord, there's a lot of things that are staying that are from your past, from Egypt. It's a camp. It's a big thing. God wants to do great things through your life. God has many things, many ministries, many things he wants to birth through you, many places he wants to take you. It's a big thing when God is, when God is there over your life. But what you need to understand is there needs to be a divide. There needs to be a divide. There needs to be a, a divide. And the Bible says like this, that, you know, um, this presence of God, this glory of God, you know, when it comes between the two of you, then it does something to you. What does it do? The presence of God. Let me just read it to you. The Bible says this presence of God, you know, um, it came between the camp to give light to one. And it, the, the Bible says uh, it, it, it was a cloud and darkness to one. And it gave light by night to another. To, to God's people, it was light. The presence of God was light to God's people. And it was darkness to the Egyptians. Are you with me? What will prevent your past from seeing into what God has in your future is the presence of God. I want you to get it tonight. What will the presence of God do? It will not only divide your past from your present, but what it will do is it will make Egypt blind to what God is doing in your future. Satan cannot see what God is doing in your future. Are you with me? The cloud of glory becomes a terror to your Egypt. Why do you sit in the presence of God? It is at the presence of God where the effects of your Egypt, of your past life, the, the feelings of your past life, the, the, the influence of your past life, 
will be broken. It, the, the presence of God is a terror to the enemy of your past. Whatever you have been through in your past, whatever you have experienced in your past, this glory of God will simply terrorize those things. It will simply darken those things. It will simply make those things blind to your future. Interestingly, this water of baptism, you know, uh, Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians, you know, he writes about how uh, all were baptized unto Moses. You remember everyone was baptized unto Moses. If you look at the river Jordan, the river Jordan to the Israelites, that water was a water of baptism to the Israelites. But to Egypt, it was a water of death. And the Bible says the cloud of glory was over the Red Sea when they passed through it. Not the Jordan, the Red Sea. When they passed through the Red Sea, that water was, because of the cloud of glory, that water was a water of baptism to the children of Israel. And that same water became a water of death to Egypt, to the Egyptians. I want you to understand something. When the glory of God is over your life, why these deep moments with God is because in these moments of walking in the presence of God is where your past will lose its power over you, lose its grip over your life. You know, sometimes I've heard Christians, even after years of walking with God, still talking about their past life. Still, you know, I've heard people say, Pastor, I am where I am because of what has happened in my life. You don't know the abuses I've been through. You don't know my family situation. You don't know, uh, Pastor, I'm not able to move forward because, I, you know, I have, I'm from a broken family. I'm from a broken home. I'm from a broken uh, situation. I was, you know, I've been through this. I've been through that. I'm not telling you something. Everybody has experiences in the past. And the children of Israel had many things they experienced in Egypt. Can you imagine being whipped, flogged, seeing the death of so many Egyptians around, uh, uh, Israelites around, the Hebrews around them. They went through a lot of pain and agony. But you know what? The cloud of glory is what separated. But those that did not experience that glory we're still talking about the past. What is the problem of the Israelites? Why did they murmur? Because they were not, they, even though the cloud of glory was there, they did not, they did not allow that glory to impact their lives. They did not, they did not seek the Lord. They did not hunger after God. They were not passionately in love with God. They were not sitting, Moses, Joshua, they were longing for the presence of God. You look at Joshua, he was always sitting at the entrance of the tabernacle. He was always behind Moses. Moses was always with God. The children of Israel, 
The cloud of glory was there. The pillar of fire was there. But they were always in their mind and heart thinking of Egypt and the food they ate there and the lifestyle they lived. And they were thinking of that all the time. That is why they lost their ability to step into the promised land. Many, many, many of them simply died, wasted their lives because they did not. Today, many Christians, you know, we have, God has given us the Holy Spirit. God has given us everything. And instead of spending time with God, being with Him, allowing Him to minister to us, allowing Him to speak into our lives, allowing Him to, to, to become everything for us. There are many Christians who live, you know, who worship God, who go to church, who do everything, but they live so much in the flesh, so much in the flesh. And they struggle and they struggle and they struggle and they struggle because they have not learned to walk with God. But in the same world, we see men and women of God who walk with God. They have a different life. Do they have problems? Yes. Do they have challenges? Yes. But they're never talking about it. They're living under the glory of God because for them, God's word, God's word becomes everything to them. I want to ask you tonight, where is your life? Have you, are you talking about your past? You know, I want to tell you something. This natural life that we have has many things to offer us, has many things to tell us. But the glory of God has the voice of God that would speak into our life the very things that God has for you. It's very important what you hear today. It's very important what you allow to minister to your soul, to your mind, your will, your emotions. What do you want to allow to minister to your soul? Is it the natural feelings and abilities that you have or is it God? You know, it's very interesting to see Paul. He says, we are pressed but not crushed. Persecuted, but not desperate. When you're pressed, you're crushed, actually. Isn't it? When, when people press you, you're being crushed. But he says, I'm not being crushed. He chooses not to be crushed. Persecuted, but not desperate. Persecution will make you desperate. He says, I choose not to be desperate. David, in Psalm 23, you know, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. When is he saying that? When he's walking through the valley of the shadow of death. His life is in a very difficult place. But he says with his mouth, the Lord is my shepherd. I will lack no good thing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me. He's telling the Lord is leading me beside still waters when he is walking down the valley. That's the difference between the flesh and the spirit. The flesh is what you feel, experience, know on the natural. What God reveals to you is the spiritual. And a man of God or a woman of God is one who sees the spiritual and lives by the spiritual. 
That's why the glory of God. Jesus went through a lot in his life. He saw the, you know, he walked under the power of God. He saw miracle signs, but he was constantly, you know, he was, you know, many, many things discouraging came to him, you know. Uh, he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. In John 8 alone, you know, they say to him, you are the father of, uh, of Satan, Bilzebub, they called him, you know. They said, you're not even 50 years old. They, they said all kinds of things to him. Do you see what kept him until the very end was the presence of the father. He went and sat with the father, spoke to the father, prayed to the father, you know, uh, uh, spent moments and moments and moments and moments and moments. Transfiguration, glow. You know, he was under the glory cloud. Today, you can walk victoriously because you choose to be in his presence. Choose to be in his presence. Let me tell you, his presence is light to your path. The presence of God is about revealing to you God and his ways over your life. And it is a terror to your past, to your Egypt. The presence of God is a terror. When you come under the presence of God, Egypt, your past life will lose its grip on you because it cannot hold you. It cannot see you. It cannot, it cannot touch you. It cannot control you. It cannot come because it cannot see you first. It, can, it cannot even see where you are. It's under the cloud of glory that your past cannot touch your life. Would you pray with me tonight? Father in heaven, I pray for each of my brothers and sisters. That Lord, we will be men and women. I will sit under the glory of God. Sometimes for hours, just be in your presence. Allow the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Allow ourselves to be ministered to by God. Allow ourselves to be touched by God. Allow ourselves to be, Lord, uh, Lord, just sit under this cloud of glory. For us under the new covenant, God, the Holy Spirit. In John, the Bible says in John 16, you know, you know something Jesus said in John 16. Read verse 12. Before in 13, he says, you know, he will, uh, he will take over what is mine and declare to you. He said about the Holy Spirit. In 12, he says, I have many things to tell you, but when he comes, he will tell you. There were many things that Jesus wanted to say to the disciples. But he wanted it to be revealed at his presence by the Holy Spirit. Because it is at that point, those things will make sense to you. He simply could not even speak it to the disciples. Because, because you know, that's why he said in, in John 6, 63, he said, the words, I, you know, it is a spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit and life, he said. If you need to hear it, you need to be under this glory. The spirit of God needs to reveal it to you. Otherwise, it don't make sense to you. Many things he said, they did not even understand what he was talking. Would you tell him tonight, Lord, I want to hear you. I want to hear you. I want to tell you personally, sometimes when I read the Bible now, 
I'm asking questions that I've never asked God before. Recently, I was reading about Abraham. You know how God put Abraham to sleep and he made a covenant. I've always thought of the covenant. I've thought about how he made a covenant, how he put him to sleep. But you know, it's a very strange thing. Lately, you're beginning to go into what was that moment that Abraham experienced when God put him to sleep. Sometimes you're asking questions with God that you've never asked before because the more you draw to the, to the depth of his presence, you begin, there's something that opens up in the word. Tonight, God wants to touch you. It's to pour his glory upon you. He wants to draw you to those deep waters where you're no longer walking, but swimming. Where you're able to take your feet off the ground and swim. Not just knee deep, waist deep, shoulder deep, but you begin to swim. Because you allow that presence of God to take over your life. Would you tell him tonight, God, take over my life. Take over my life. Speak your blessing over each one tonight, God. Holy Spirit, visit us. Draw us to the depths of who you are. May we experience you like we have never, ever experienced you before. May we draw us into deep waters. Draw us into the depths of who you are. Father, thank you, God, that your presence is a terror to our past, is darkness to our past, blinds our past, from our future. Thank you, Lord. Blind our past so that it cannot touch our future. Strike it with blindness tonight, Lord. As your word says, darkness come over our Egypt because of your presence. Those who are tormented by their past, let it be broken tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your glory. It rests upon us. Thank you for wonderful things that you have for all of us. And for all that you will continue to do for us, we vow to give you the glory. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us tonight. And looking forward to seeing you again next week. God bless you. God bless you. This broadcast is from Transforming Nations for Jesus. If you would like to get in touch with us, please write to us at transformingnationsforjesus at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Be blessed.